Hey, Pharmacy Joe here. I want to let you know this episode of the podcast is a replay from a series I did in July 2019 on a survey of ICU professionals and their knowledge of clinically relevant pharmacokinetic info on antibiotic dosing. This info is still relevant today, so I wanted to bring it back to the top of the podcast feed. So while this is episode 725, I may be referencing episode 416 in this podcast. What's up, Pharmacy Nation? I'm Pharmacy Joe. Thank you for listening to the Elective Rotation, a critical care pharmacy podcast. This is episode 416. In this episode, I'll discuss the final four questions of a recent survey of intensive care professionals about clinically relevant pharmacokinetic knowledge on antibiotic dosing. This is part three of a three-part series that began with episode 414. I have all the evidence supporting today's show linked up in the show notes at pharmacyjoe.com slash episode 416. The survey was published May 2019 in the journal Critical Care, titled Clinically Relevant Pharmacokinetic Knowledge on Antibiotic Dosing Among Intensive Care Professionals is Insufficient. This was a cross-sectional study, and the lead author was Lucas M. Florin. Questions 9, 10, 11, and 12 of the survey all tie back into understanding the drivers behind drug half-life and how they can change in critical illness. Question 9 lists volume of distribution and clearance and asks, how do these parameters change in the initial phase of septic shock following adequate volume resuscitation? Both the volume of distribution and clearance increase in septic shock following resuscitation. Volume of distribution increases because the added fluids add to the theoretical compartment that medications distribute into. Clearance increases because resuscitation restores adequate stroke volume and blood flow to vital organs such as the liver and kidney. Questions 10 and 11 address the knowledge of the formula for calculating half-life, which is half-life equals 0.693 times volume of distribution divided by clearance. Question 10 asks, the volume of distribution of an antibiotic is 100 liters. Clearance is 10 liters per hour. What is the half-life? With knowledge of the half-life formula, we can calculate the half-life given these parameters for volume of distribution and clearance is just about 7 hours. Well, this is not a calculation that you should expect to make routinely in practice. Knowledge of this formula helps determine what happens to drug half-life when the parameters for the formula change. That is the subject of question 11, which asks what happens to half-life if clearance increases or decreases or volume of distribution increases or decreases. Because clearance is in the denominator of the half-life formula, it has an inverse relationship to half-life. That is to say, as clearance increases, half-life falls, and as clearance decreases, half-life increases. Because volume of distribution is in the numerator of the half-life formula, it has a direct relationship to half-life. That is to say, as volume of distribution increases, half-life increases, and as volume of distribution falls, half-life falls. With this information, the intensive care clinician can make logical predictions about the behaviors of an antibiotic in response to critical illness based on how the pathophysiology of the disease affects the pharmacokinetics of the antibiotic. 
It is this type of application of knowledge that is essential to personalize patient care when a situation which has not been addressed in a randomized controlled trial presents itself. The final question relates to knowledge of how half-life affects the attainment of steady-state drug levels. Question 12 asks, the half-life of an antibiotic is three hours. When is steady-state reached approximately following start of a continuous infusion? Five half-lives is generally accepted as the point at which steady-state concentrations are achieved. This is because the concentration should be 97% of steady-state after five half-lives have passed. This information is clinically relevant because it gives clinicians an idea of when a treatment they've started will reach its optimal effect. Combine this with knowledge of how pathophysiology and critical illness affects volume of distribution and clearance, and the clinician is prepared to make patient-specific adjustments to antibiotic therapy to ensure the best chance at a clinical cure. Correlating parameters of a medication, such as pharmacokinetics or mechanism of action, with the pathophysiology of disease is an essential step in applying your knowledge to the benefit of patients at the bedside. Members of my Hospital Pharmacy Academy have access to my Clinical Pharmacist Mindset Training that offers practical advice on correlating medication parameters to pathophysiology of disease, as well as how to achieve and maintain credibility with the healthcare team, Prioritize your workday, communicate with physicians, and build relationships with physicians and other medical professionals. This is just one of the over 80 training modules available 24-7 to Academy members, as well as many other resources to help in your practice as a hospital pharmacist. To get immediate access to everything the Academy has to offer, go to PharmacyJoe.com Academy to join today. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode of The Elective Rotation.